the Seattle Opera Podcast. Hello, opera lovers. This is Jonathan Dean, Seattle Opera Dramaturg. Welcome to our VoiceWise podcast about the mezzos and contraltos. If you'd like to help us out, rate and review the Seattle Opera Podcast on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. That really helps others find this show. Mezzos and contraltos. Oh, man, these voices are yummy, creamy, and delicious. Keep pouring it in our ears, ladies, and we'll keep drinking it up. Listen to mezzos first because there's way more of them. The word mezzo just means halfway or midway. Mezzanotte, for instance, is Italian for midnight, and mezzogiorno or midday is Italian for noon. It's also a geographical area, but that's not important right now. The full name of the voice type is mezzo soprano, meaning a moderate soprano, a soprano who doesn't spend her life in extreme regions of voice. To tell the truth, sopranos and mezzos mostly sing the same notes. It's just they sound different. Their ranges overlap, but they offer different colors or qualities in different parts of that range. Soprano voices bloom into glory way up high above the staff, and if you're a soprano, you're going to have to sing a high C pretty often, Most mezzos can sing a high C, but you don't hear them do it so frequently. Their roles show off the lower and middle parts of their voices, regions where soprano voices tend to sound kind of thin. If a mezzo's voice sounds more substantial, more grounded than her soprano sisters, the characters she plays are likewise more grounded, more sensible, more independent, and formidable than all those opera characters who are constantly going mad for love or losing control because of jealousy. Mezzos don't go for all that nonsense. As such, mezzos make great heroines for opera comedy. While we're laughing at the crazy antics of sopranos, tenors, baritones, and basses, the mezzo slowly but surely progresses toward her goal, whether it be love or money or freedom or whatever, and then when she gets what she wants, that's the happy ending. That's the situation with all of Rossini's great comedies. He wrote marvelously for this kind of voice. In fact, he married a singer with this kind of voice. Listen to the no-nonsense, can-do attitude of Rossini's Italian girl in Algiers, Isabella, who isn't the least bit flustered when she finds herself shipwrecked on the Barbary Coast at the beginning of her opera comedy. Our singer here is the wonderful Helene Schneiderman. Sonst kann man 
Matzos make great protagonists, and they also specialize in a few standard character types. If you're a mezzo, you're probably going to have to play a lot of boys, older women, and super sexy women. We'll get back to sex in a minute. First, let's listen to a nifty little duet for two mezzos, a passage from one of my all-time favorite operas, the great Russian masterpiece Boris Godunov. These mezzos, one's a boy, the other is an old lady, the boy's nurse, or nyanya. Young Fyodor Godunov, the Tsar's son, is sung by a mezzo because his voice hasn't yet broken, and his nurse is one of those roles mezzos do so well, an interesting character who's a bit odd, quirky, but who doesn't stick around long enough to become annoying. These two mezzos join voices as the little boy gets his nurse to play patty cake with him. Listen for the extremely Russian rhythms and harmonies in this passage. and Rosemary Alvino as Fyodor and the Nurse in a passage from Boris Godunov. Russian and Eastern European opera features all kinds of fantastic roles, from mezzos and contraltos. Unfortunately, we don't do those operas very often in Seattle, so I don't have that much in our archive to share with you. I do have lots of Western European operas where mezzos play boys, so let's listen to a couple more of those. The most famous and popular of these characters is probably Carabino, the breathless, horny, accident-prone, adolescent page boy who is behind much of the craziness in The Marriage of Figaro. Carabino is a tween, so his voice hasn't yet broken, but he's just started to notice girls and suddenly he can't think about anything else. He's basically one of those kids from American Pie or this new British TV show about sex education. German mezzo Daniela Sindram as Mozart's Carabino, a character all about gender bending, about how love is both deeply centering and fundamentally disorienting. Carabino goes beyond drag because this male character spends much of her opera in double drag pretending he's a she. 
He has much in common with the heroines of Shakespeare comedies who wear genders like layers of clothing piled on top of one another. A male actor becomes Rosalind, who becomes Ganymede, who then plays at being Orlando's female lover, for instance. The game of gender in such comedies can be sexy and sophisticated. But that really depends on the performer. We once had a carabino who was visibly pregnant by the time we got to the performances. Our costume shop did their best, but that performance stretched credulity. Here's another mezzo who plays a boy, the incomparable Kate Lindsay, in the role that earned her her second Artist of the Year award at Seattle Opera, Nicholas in The Tales of Hoffman. In comic operas, mezzos, as boys, contribute absurd humor and gender-bending frisson. Here, the mezzo is the opera's moral center. He, she, is the tenor's constant companion through a series of failed love affairs with sopranos. The mezzo shapeshifts from this wisecracking kid, Nicholas, who's basically Hoffman's intern, an unexplained schoolboy who follows him like a shadow, into the muse, the goddess of art. At the very center of the opera, in a piece known as the Violin Aria, the mezzo urges Hoffman to dedicate his life and soul to being an artist. When Lindsay sang it, she stopped the show every night. as sex symbols. The key role here is Carmen, the seductive femme fatale at the heart of one of the world's favorite operas. Carmen is actually a very difficult role to embody on stage because she's become almost a myth, a cartoon. Everybody goes to the theater with a pre-existing idea of this character. A mezzo who wants to succeed in the role must make us forget what we think we already know about Carmen and accept her, for one night only, as this fascinatingly strong and complicated woman. It's not about blowing cigarette smoke in the tenor's face. It's not about wearing a red dress or carrying a flower in your teeth or wiggling your hips while clacking castanets. It's more to do with how the mezzo uses her voice and her words to attract and repel the other characters. I've heard at least nine different Carmens in my many years at Seattle Opera. My favorite of all of them was a Chilean mezzo named Graciela Araya, who, as far as I was concerned, absolutely nailed it. <laughs> Oui, ce 
Carmen has a lot to sing in her opera, but the role isn't really about vocal splendor. It's important her voice have that dark, sensuous, earthy core to the sound to ground the character and give her strength. But once you've got that, lots of people can sing Carmen. The great ones add deft acting to handle the complex psychology and juggle the drama's many subtleties to good looks and a lovely voice. There's a similar situation with one of the roles in a Mozart opera that's usually performed today by mezzo-sopranos, and that's Zerlina in Don Giovanni. What they call the Mozart Ina girls are usually performed by sopranos with light and pretty voices. Susanna, Barbarina, Despina, Pamina. The same sopranos could sing Zerlina in Don Giovanni, but typically we cast a mezzo because that darker, earthier sound automatically helps the audience identify and recognize this extremely smart, extremely sexy woman. Unlike Donna Anna and Donna Elvira, the neurotic upper-class ladies in her opera, Zerlina is a poor girl, momentarily dazzled by Don Giovanni, but clever and strong enough to recognize how dangerous he is. She not only escapes from his clutches, she returns to confront him and hold him accountable for his crimes. She also has a fascinatingly complex relationship with her fiancé, Mazetto, a big peasant lunk who isn't really good enough for her. She plays a Jedi mind trick on Mazetto with her twisted first act aria, Batti Batti, and then sings the sweetest and naughtiest lullaby as she's comforting him in act two. He's been beaten black and blue by Don Giovanni, and in Vedrai Carino, Zerlina basically tells him, I've got some special sweet medicine for you, my darling. Do you want to taste it? The voluptuous sound of a gorgeous mezzo voice like that of Laura Polverelli takes this music beyond innocent and knowing and into the realm of absolute love.
voice of a mezzo. It might not be as showy, as flashy, as love, as sung by tenors or sopranos, but it's the real deal. With that in mind, I want to listen to an overwhelmingly sincere love song sung by one of Seattle Opera's MVPs, the great Loretta Bybee. She's played all sorts of roles on our stage, a wild, shrieking Valkyrie, a Russian princess, Carmen, a demonic ancient Greek matriarch, a gossipy Elizabethan busybody, a disembodied celestial voice, the list goes on and on. Loretta broke our hearts in the world premiere of Amelia in the tiny role of a mid-century American wife and mother who learns that her soldier husband is missing in action. And in the beautiful Mexican opera Florencia Lamazonas, she walked the decks of the riverboat El Dorado all night, afraid she had lost her husband forever without being able to tell him that she loved him and that she wanted nothing more than to be with him forever. Now, in that opera, Florencia, the mezzo plays the older woman whose tired marriage needs a reboot or a refresher. There's also a younger female character played by a soprano. That's a very standard pattern. If a show has two main female characters, the mezzo tends to play the older, wiser, more experienced woman who uses her power and wisdom either to help or hinder the soprano. A good example of a mezzo who wants to help her soprano is Mrs. Gross, the housekeeper in The Turn of the Screw, who does her best to explain this opera's extremely messed up backstory to the soprano. Here's Maria Zivchak, who was spectacular in this role last fall. And then she went, she couldn't stay. Died too. Died. Fell 
one mezzo who's no help at all to the poor soprano is a nameless character known as the secretary in Giancarlo Manotti's The Consul. That opera is about how inhuman bureaucracy ruins lives. The soprano heroine has run afoul of a corrupt government and must flee to another country, but the system that controls immigration doesn't permit it. Listen to this demented little duet for two mezzos, the secretary, and another woman who, unlike our heroine, doesn't actually need to emigrate, but whose paperwork does come through. Sarah Larson as the secretary, and Margaret Gavershak as Vera Boronel sing about how all the documents must be signed. example of a mezzo who ruins her soprano's life. Here's a very special performance when the great Rosalind Plowright sang Sor Angelica's nasty princess aunt for us. Plowright had a glorious career as a lyric soprano with a big range in the 80s and 90s, but in 1999 she redefined herself as a mezzo and found a way, technically, to shift the plummy core of her voice downwards. She was always a wonderful actor, Nowadays, according to her Twitter handle, she specializes in hags, bags, witches, and bitches. In Sor Angelica, the soprano was locked away in a convent as punishment for having born a child out of wedlock. The mezzo plays her aunt, the princess, who comes in to get Angelica to sign away her inheritance, and then coldly tells her that her child has died. She's not just inhumanly cruel, she's insane. And here she sings of her spectral communion with the souls of Sor Angelica's dead parents, torturing the girl with the idea that the shame of her crime still torments her parents in the afterlife. Nobody upholds the twisted values of patriarchy better than a powerful woman.
Mezzos excel at playing queens, mothers, goddesses, women of influence and authority. The bigger the voice, the more badass the lady. Let's go right to the heart of the matter and listen to the great aria sung by Fricka, goddess of marriage and a grieved wife in Wagner's Ring. What a juicy role. Fricka needs a powerful dramatic voice as well as dignity, majesty, and beauty. We've had great mezzos who brought different things to the role over the years. I want to play you a taste test with three of our favorite Frickas, taking turns with Fricka's big aria. Votan, Fricka's philandering fool of a husband, has just asked her to condone both adultery and incest, which, of course, as goddess of marriage, she's not going to do. His cavalier attitude compels her finally to give him a piece of her mind. Here's Marvely Cariaga, a deliciously feminine fricka who sang in both German and English rings in Seattle in the 70s and 80s. Here's the unmistakable, unique voice of Joyce Castle, remembering how her husband's frequent infidelities broke her heart. Stephanie Blythe now concludes the aria, urging Votan to complete her humiliation by trampling her. Let's 
Because Ametto's vocal range is moderate, not extreme, she's automatically serious and substantial. Put her in an intense dramatic situation and you get this supercharged experience. It's almost a textbook definition of opera. With dramatic mezzos, voice equals character equals tragedy. And it's devastating and glorious. Verdi wrote several of these fantastic roles for dramatic mezzo later in his career. Here's the wonderful Elena Gaburi, who has recently sung both Amneris and Aida and Azucena in Il Trovatore for us. As Princess Amneris, she storms and wails and rages and implores the implacable priests of ancient Egypt not to execute her beloved Radames for treason, even though she's the one who, in her jealousy, blew the whistle on Radames, starting a machine which will now crush both of them. no fury like a woman scorned, and an opera that usually means a dramatic mezzo. That familiar quote is attributed to William Congreve, poet and playwright of the Restoration. He also wrote the libretto for one of Handel's greatest operas, Semele. When we gave Semele in 2015, the astonishing Stephanie Blythe, one of Seattle's all-time favorite singers, sang the role of the furious Juno, scorned by her husband, Jupiter. Juno plots a fiendish revenge on her rival, the narcissistic nympho Semele, in an absolutely thrilling aria.
have one more dramatic mezzo for you, and that's Princess Eboli from Verdi's mighty Don Carlos. What an amazing character. She's in love with a tenor, but sleeping with the bass, who's his father. She's a playful court intriguer in her first scene, a furious woman scorned in the next. Exiled to chastity and lifelong penitence in a convent when her aria begins, and a sword-waving freedom fighter by its conclusion. She's so complicated, she's all over the map. And it wouldn't work if you didn't have a ferocious performance by a mighty dramatic mezzo pulling everything together. The great American mezzo Florence Cuivar sang Ebley when Seattle Opera last gave Don Carlos in 1993. We've listened to lots of mezzo-sopranos, level-headed comic heroines, zany boys, dim-witted nurses, sexy vixens, wives, loving or jealous, and tragic queens and princesses. But I want to end with a little appendix to this podcast, celebrating what's really another voice type entirely, the contralto. Mezzos can have a rich and plummy dark sound, but their range really does overlap with that of the sopranos. The contralto, which is the lowest female voice range, overlaps with that of the tenor. Sometimes a singer will describe herself interchangeably as a contralto or a mezzo-soprano, although usually that has more to do with the business world of agents and casting directors than the listening public. What does a contralto really sound like? Listen to the voice of the amazing Polish contralto Eva Podlesz, who sang the heroic Handel role of Julius Caesar in Seattle. (laughs) ¶¶ 
Here's another contralto who gave Seattle many wonderful performances, Sheila Nadler. She sang the role of the forest witch Yeji Baba in Dvorak's Rusalka, the first time that gorgeous Czech fairy tale opera was given in Seattle. Here, Yeji Baba is casting a spell on the Little Mermaid to take away her voice and give her legs. The Czech words for abracadabra are churi muri fuk. I mentioned earlier that Eastern European operas are full of great roles for women with deep voices. This is what I'm talking about. amazing voice and we'll end where we began here's the amazing contralto Geraldine Decker Seattle Opera's original Urmuto that's the role of Erda the earth mother goddess in Wagner's Ring a role Decker sang many many times for us but she sang lots of other mothers too she was a mother superior in such operas as Thais or Dialogues of the Carmelites she sang Zalame's mother Herodias and Electra's mother Clytemnestra the grandmother in Yenufa and Mama McCord in the Ballad of Baby Doe even Verdi's murderous mother Azucena in the Ring Decker used to sing not just Erda the sleepy seeress but also the first Norn, who tells the origin story explaining why the world is a mess. There was once a mighty tree, der Welt Esche, the world ash, and the entire world was its trunk and branches, but a proud and impudent young god wounded the tree when he made himself a spear from it, and ever since the injury has festered and the world is running to rack and ruin. Of course we want the glorious voice of a contralto to remind us of a time before paradise was lost.
So there it is. Thanks for listening to our Seattle Opera podcast celebrating mezzos and contraltos. The Seattle Opera podcast is a co-production of Seattle Opera and King FM. Find more episodes at your favorite podcast provider or at seattleopera.org or king.org. This is Jonathan Dean. <laughs>